Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. This is the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I'm joined this week by Dave Somerville. Good evening. And Jake McGee. Good evening. Um, how are we doing today, gentlemen? Are we excited? Because today is Wednesday, the 6th of September, which means tomorrow. Is Thursday the seventh, which is NFL kickoff. Jake, I'll put it to you first. Are you excited? I am. I'm also very tired. I'm trying. I'm in preparation. I'm, I'm messing up my sleep schedule. Ready and waiting. I went bed at like seven o'clock last night. Woke up early. And you're very lucky. I made it to the podcast. I dozed off for about half an hour before this podcast. So <laughs> I'm, I'm getting in preparation for my sleep pattern to be deteriorated. Uh, Dave, what about you? Are you are you sort of prepping your sleep pattern, or is it just? You know, you just take it as it comes. Uh, I mean, I, I take every hour as it comes, but, you know, I, li- I like to be in preparation for these things. So some of the things I like to be is COVID-free. Uh, I like to have a, you know, a, a nice rested weekend prior to mm. that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that's pretty much my preparation. So what about yourself? Well, I had a very exciting weekend. It wasn't restful <laughs> at all. And uh, in case you can't hear it in my voice, um, I, I've got COVID again. Um, on Monday, I felt absolutely horrendous. I thought I was going to die. Um, just everything hurt. Every single, my, my hair was in pain. I don't know how that even works. But my throat has started to just close up uh, just in time for the podcast. Uh, t- today, my throat started to, to close up a wee bit. So it's it's not great. I don't sound particularly it, good. Um, uh, I mean, so. I mean, it's it's kind of see what the the I think was it, it took 60 seconds uh, of last week's podcast for you to mention a certain preseason result uh, as the under 12 Rams uh, were beaten by the Broncos first team uh, in preseason. So, um, yeah, I, I may have come in with a bit of a chip in my shoulder. And when I say chip, I mean like a boulder on my shoulder. But you know, we'll uh, we'll, 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 we'll forget about it. You know, we'll move on. It's it preseason means nothing. Just, yeah, apart from me crying myself to sleep that night because it's, I actually pre-season. tried to stay up and watch it. It's preseason. Yeah, you don't take it to heart. It's preseason. Right? I mean, the Broncos won that game. Whatever it's forty-one points for whatever. That I don't think they're going to do that in the regular season every week. Jake, do you take preseason seriously? Uh, obviously, now now that the Ravens streak is has ended uh, with with all their winning in preseason. But do you do you care about the results at all? Preseason is dead to me now that the Ravens have lost. <laughs> it's like nothing, nothing at all. Uh, dear. Well, I wonder did anyone did anyone win all their games this preseason? It was literally my random stat last week that there was like three teams. Oh, was it? I I got COVID. Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, 2023 20, yeah. girl oh my word shocking shocking <clears throat> i know i'm i'm three years late on the the covid bandwagon um I, at least we're doing the podcast uh, back in when when i first got it in 2021 was it um i think did one of you guys not have it at the same time as well we were all, I think stricken, all three of us, had all three it of us. R- within about a two-week period all stricken right, down with covid so at least we, yeah. we, you know I'm I'm holding it together for the team here, chaps. Just saying. 
Um, now, obviously, the big kickoff is tomorrow night. Big NFL kickoff, 2023 season uh, between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. But of course, we've got some news to run through before we talk about the game. We've also got some predictions um, coming up your way, and we're going to be talking about our pickums for the year. Uh, but Jake, why don't we start with you and what's been happening in and around the NFL this week? Yeah, we'll start by talking about some tight ends, some tight ends in the NFC North. Cal Rudolph retires. He had 10 years with the Vikings and then two years between the Giants and the Bucks. Similarly, going on to the booth, I think it's more to do with college. Um, say, m- mainly known for his time at the Vikings, but kind of petered out towards the end of year and what was one of the final kind of books for hires to see if it would one last run, but obviously that didn't work. Well, what a shame. Yeah, I, um, I, I always liked Kyle Rudolph. I thought he was a great tight end with the Vikings. Um, I felt he did get underused when he left. I thought when when he moved, uh, particularly when I thought go to the the Giants, um, I thought they're going to use him a ton, and, and they just didn't. And I was like, oh, okay, then that's that's the end of that. Uh, but I like Kyle Rudolph. Um, so he's going to the booth. You sorry, did you say college? He's going to be commentating on college. Yeah, I saw something about Pac-10 or Pac-12 or Big Ten, Big Twelve. So. Something to do with college, anyway, from the looks of it. So it's always good when you see former players have a contingency plan rather than just kind of retire and then you never hear from them again. I mean, that's very true. Um, now, Kyle Rudolph was always in that sort of, what I class as the sort of second tier of tight ends. He was like one of those really reliable guys, but not monster flashy. Uh, Dave, very much in the same way as, as you know, Tyler Higby, a, a reliable receiver, you can always count on him to do his job, but he's not going to explode for 200 yards and four touchdowns in a game. Um, what do you make of Kyle Rudolph and, and his, his career, 10-year t- career? Well, I was going to say that he was one of those um, under-the-radar, un, uh, underrated tight ends, I think would be what I would say, because he, he, was, he never made any big errors. He was all-round very decent. Um, but like I say, he was like that kind of second tier in that he was always one of the best at his team but he was never thought of as like a t- kind of top five top ten tight end he was never in those kind of lists but he always just did his job very competently um and when you need to get something done whether it be blocking or whether you know a crack kind of quick catch over the middle for six seven yards he was he was one of the main guys to do that and he was also great at it so um you know if he's going to go into the media let's just hope he has no slip-ups like sean payton did not that long ago, with uh, when he still had his media head on rather than his coach head head on. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I wish him all the best. I think he's probably he's going to he's. I think he was one of those guys. Say, I saw a couple of people say online he was a big locker room influence as well. So, um, I hope hopefully he's left some sort of legacy in uh, in the groups that he was a part of as well. And do we know who the um, who the Vikings have got at? tight end now do we know who who the starting tight end is going to be uh obviously i know he wasn't with the vikings with the other teams there but who have the vikings got a tight end at the moment do we know yeah that's the next news is that tj hoxon just got his big deal so obviously the vikings acquired him from the lions um, i think it was tj hoxon and like a fourth or a 23 second rounder and a 24 third rounder it wasn't kind of great value it was seen at the time lions didn't want to pay him Lions were moving on. Vikings were more than happy to kind of chop and change a few picks. They've now made him the highest paid tight end in history in terms of guaranteed and 
annual kind of fee. So it's very, very good news for him because you've seen a lot of these tight ends being used more like wide receivers these days and the yeah. fans get paid a bit more like it as well. So I think it was 68.5 million over four years, 42 and a half guaranteed, 29 of that fully guaranteed. So TJ Hawkinson and the Vikings are very happy. That's a lot of money for a tight end. Mm-hmm. It is, but it's also based on Darren Waller's contract because uh, what Hawkinson wanted was to be the highest paid, essentially. And uh, it's it averages out, I think it's about £1 million more over the over the length of the co- contract. So Hawkinson averages £17.125 million, uh, whereas Darren Waller is exactly £17 million. So, uh, yeah, just want to be that, just that little bit extra. Do we think the tight end market is going to be the next market to go like the quarterback market, where they're just going to keep going up? Because you're TJ Hawkinson. TJ Hawkinson is a great, great player. I mean, he's a great player. I don't know many people who would put him in the top three in the league. Never mind the top eight. He had come out with this saying he wanted to reset the market. And to Dave's point, you don't really reset the market by one up in someone, you know, one point two five million. Which you know, don't get me wrong. If you want to pay me more than one point two five million than my colleague, absolutely. But in the NFL, it doesn't really hit the same. No, resetting the market would be uh, if, in like, I, you know, for argument's sake, a year's time, Mark Andrews gets his new contract in Baltimore, and it's twenty million more. Uh, you know, it's like you know, re- that's that's resetting the market. George Kittle and and Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, they're they're my sort of top three. You could swap them around, whichever, uh, whichever to week kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. Who, who's actually number one? I, I'll always go with Travis Kelsey for the time being for being the, the number one. But you you can't tell me that you know each week or another week. Kittle or Andrews won't have a bigger day than Kelsey because they do, and they've, they've done it before. Um, I TJ Hawkinson being that top paid tight end, and then Darren Waller, and I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's the way it should be. I wouldn't. If I was the the Vikings GM and TJ Hawkinson said I want to be the top paid tight end in the league, I'd say well. Why don't you try playing like the top tight end in the league and then, you know, we'll, we'll pay you. You put up 1,200 yards and 15 touchdowns and be a good blocker and then we can look at that contract. Bringing him in and paying him, that's a lot of money. A lot of money for a tight end. Do you think um, the... Well, quite obviously, when he was going to... Um, the Vikings um, would have sent a correspondence to TJ Hawkinson's representatives or whatever agents, you know, pr- prior to this trade, do you think it was already agreed that because he was coming up to like at the kind of final year and the end of his contract, that when he joined the Vikings, something was already in place? Because, you see, the, the, guys, the guys that follow TJ Hawkinson, Waller, and the contracts, are, they are between 15 and 14 million, right? So there's four of them in there. Now, you've already mentioned three. So that'll be Kittle, Kelsey, and Mark Andrews. So they all range from 14 to 15 million. Now, Dallas Goddard is the only other one in there. He's at 14 and a quarter million. What I think is going to happen is that because these guys uh, are due renewals around the same type. So I think that what we're going to see is the the contracts will then are going to then be average out between 18 and 20 million. 
Yeah. Uh, or maybe just slightly higher. So I think that what their anticipation is, is that Hoxton is going to be top five, top six. Uh, and, you know, because it's over, what, four years? They've got four years of that. They've got, uh, and before then, they have to fork a, a big, another big load. Because I think uh, the, the markets for every single position, bar the running back, is just going to keep going up and up and up steady. So I think the Vikings, they think they've got a potential top five, top three tight end. But for this one season, they're going to pay him like the top uh, the top tight end. Then the market's going to reset a bit with these top guys getting paid, maybe the end of this year or the following year. Then I we'll think, see Hawkins and Pitt get picked back. I think you see that with uh, the quarterbacks. It's kind of who blinks last, because you see Patrick Mahomes got his deal, and now we all say Patrick Mahomes is underpaid. And you had, even this summer, you kind of had Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson... And now we're waiting for Joe Burrow to get his extension. And they all kind of one up each other. And like I say, 1.25 million or 1 million a year is kind of just who blinks last. Who mm-hmm. could be laughing? If that is true, what Dave said with the tight ends, you know, with those coming up in the next year or two, the person that could be laughing the most is Kyle Pitts in a couple of years coming off his rookie deal. If, if you know, Kelsey, Goddard, all these players get massive money, if Kyle Pitts just continues kind of slowly elevating his game, he could be set then for a monster deal, whether it's the Falcons or someone else, because you see a lot of teams now trading people on the four, you know, third or fourth year of the rookie deal. And whoever picks them up obviously has to spend draft picks, but also has to be wary of you have to pay them. That's what's happening with Jonathan Taylor. You, you have to give up, you know, Jalen Waddle and eight firsts, according to Chris Ballard, because you're it's a dumb. nutter. But you also have to pay Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, that's you know yeah, makes it worse. We uh, before uh, we need to talk about that. But before we do, um, <laughs> yeah, because you're talking about the, like the quarterback. Mar- you're absolutely right. Perfect example. But the guy who broke the quarterback market was Daniel Jones, because nobody could believe he got that contract. So then Daniel every Jones other quarterback and Deshaun Watson, part, well, part of that Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson, part of Deshaun yeah, Watson. Well. So I mean, you yeah. had the Mahomes one, the half billion over ten years, and everyone was like, "What?" But we said it day one. We all said it. This is going to look very team. Well, we said in like what I th- three years, it'll look very team friendly. It took one year. Um, the Deshaun Watson one, I still think is just a stupid amount of money for that guy. I, I think it's ridiculous. But when Daniel Jones got his. And became essentially the top paid quarterback in the entire NFL. All the other teams were like, well, hang on now. Because every other quarterback's going, you think he's better than I am? You know, you're paying me 10 million a year less than Daniel Jones? So I, I think the Daniel Jones one actually caused more problems for owners and general managers than any other contract that we've seen from a, from a quarterback point of view. Um what happens with with the tight ends if you know if you're right there dave and it's what the next two years or whatever it is all the, they're all coming up yeah they, they are going to be looking for a big deal and then you're absolutely right jake kyle pitts is sitting he's like i cannot wait i cannot all i need to do is stay healthy and play well and when my um contract negotiation comes up i'm going to be absolutely minted uh now we we kind of brushed on it or jake you did um the jonathan taylor saga that last week we sat here uh, with patrick waiting for it to happen waiting for something to happen and you predicted if we are an anticlimax and it was an anticlimax 
And then rumblings came out. And people started talking about what the Colts were looking for with a possible trade to Miami. Do do you have the details there at all of what um, the Colts were actually asking for? Now, you'd mentioned Ballard should be fired. And I thought, oh, well, you know, is it Ballard? Is it Ursi? And and then this came out that it was Ballard who asked for this price. Do you have the price in front of you there? No, I don't have any of the details just how ridiculous it was it, I mean we, we've kind of spoke that they don't value Jonathan Taylor enough to pay him but they value him that they want multiple firsts and some ridiculous stakes and then it got, came out that when Miami were talking about it it wasn't just picks they wanted Jalen Waddle which is just hilarious to think that Miami would just be like oh right you know the cornerstone of what we're kind of building speed by receivers one of the most up and coming talents yeah we'll we'll just hand him over to you yeah, that, 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 that's going to happen. It was. It was um, Waddle, Jalen Waddle, and draft picks, including like at least one first round draft pick for Jonathan Taylor. You go what? The the rumor the rumor is is that Miami just started laughing when the Colts said that back to them, to which that spurred the Colts to then change it from Jalen Waddle to defensive tackle Christian Wilkins. No, but, but keeping the picks, the picks had to stay. So again, at this point, I think Miami just thought, yeah, this is done. I mean, you can't blame them for that. There's just absolute the, the the organization is an absolute joke right now, um, and it's just basically a fight over between Arizona and Indianapolis of who of fighting over who's got the wooden spoon for next year. It's just it's a joke, and I I Jonathan Taylor's the one that's losing out on this. You know, he's, he's one of the best in the league and he's getting treated like absolute garbage, I'm afraid. So, yeah, the, the, the Colts are just a joke at this point, I'm afraid to say. Don't be afraid to say it. I think we all agree that they are. It's just true. Um, Jake, was there any other news going on? Yeah, well, we talked about tight ends and contracts. Well, there's been plenty of news this last week about multiple... Defensive lineman, there was Brian Burns not participating in walkthroughs, kind of a hold-in waiting for a new contract. The Rams apparently tried to trade for him on deadline last year, including multiple firsts. The Bears wanted him in the offers for the number one pick. This has all declined, and now he's kind of in the last year of his contract. And if you don't sign him, then you've got none of that. You, You don't have Brian Burns playing. You don't have any picks from the Rams. You don't have... DJ Moore still, because if you'd included that in the number one pick, you still have DJ Moore. Um, and then we can obviously talk about there's Nick Bosa, there's Chris Jones, there's Chandler Jones. There's, it's all kicking off on the defensive line and everybody wants to get paid. And the season's tomorrow. The season is tomorrow. What, 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 what are people waiting for? Dave, what's your insight? Well, Dave's insight is that uh, Les Need should have lost his job when he offered two, uh, 2024 first, 2025 first, 2025 second for Brian Burns. And then the the Panthers should have folded as an organization when he said no to that last year. Um, he's good, but oh, he is not that good. Jake, what's, he's, he's, what's, uh, your, what's your no. take on this? I, I saw someone that said like the, the last, the, the worst. Five trades of the of all time have happened in like last three four years, and they listed the Rams offering that as the number four, and the Panthers declining it as number five. Um, it is it's one of those like you read it and you're like that can't be true because it's just why would the Rams offer that? Why would the um, 
Panda's declining. It can't be real. And then it's like all these credible sources coming out like it's real. It's like, oh my god, what what world are we living in? Um, yeah, it 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 is. You hear some of these things like, oh, this was a trade that was offered. You're like, what? Seriously, it's just it's utterly bonkers. Some of the things that you you come across with the, with these trades, it it really is. I don't know. Oh. Well, I mean, the only other thing I swell, uh, like Jake was saying about the defensive ends, um, I did see that the representatives, I don't know if it's a bluff or not to, to force the 49ers into paying, but the 49, the representatives of Nick Bosa have apparently put slight feelers out to other teams to see what their situation regarding paying Nick Bosa is. Now, whatever, obviously, what they're asking for is the new highest ever contract for a defensive end, which it's Nick Bosa after last year, especially he deserves it. I, th- I think he fully deserves to be at the top of the market. 28 of the 31 came back and said, yes, they would pay that to him. Now it's a 49ers dragging their heels on it. However, they have, I think it's seven players that need renewals in the next 12 months. Seven of their top players, including Frank Warner. Now, I think Frank Warner is the best linebacker, the, the best middle linebacker in the league, aside from maybe Bobby Wagner, but, you know, we, that, that's, we, we don't talk about him anymore. But I, I, I hate to say it. Those are two of the best players on defense in the entire league. The 49ers are both of them. They cannot pay both of them. I don't think so, because Christian McCaffrey's contract is up, I think, at the end of... Is it this season or the next? I think it was but up. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, but he needs paid as well. Well, the cap um, hits... I, I think came up with the cap hits in 2024 for the 49ers. Trent Williams, 28 million. Debo Samuel, 28.5. Eric Armstead, 25.6. Fred Warner, 24.4. It's all 19.8. Chalfarius Ward, 17.9. Christian McCaffrey, 14.1. Brandon Ayuk, 14.1 on his fifth year. They have paid a lot of people and kept a lot of people happy. Uh, I think they paid Hargrave this year. Uh, plus a defensive tackle that kind of is hurting Chris Jones and why he's not getting paid. But they, like Dave said, they, they've got people coming up for renewal and they have all these front-loaded deals that aren't front-loaded anymore. You know, as we saw with the Saints and other teams, eventually you've got to bite the bullet. You know, someone's got to restructure and someone's going to be that go and is it Debo or Ayuk I can't see them keeping both but like you know they've got to make a decision at some point and you've got to you know which which poison do you want yeah that's a that's a tough one I I think obviously of course they want to keep everyone that's what they want to do you're going to have to try and convince at least two people if not three of your highest paid players to try and restructure now Sometimes that's not a problem. I, I'll, I'll bet you Christian McCaffrey will not have a problem restructuring. He's happy as Larry in San Francisco. That team is perfect for him. He's like, this is great. Um, Debo might be the same as well. He might be the same because it's a very unique situation in San Francisco that really suits his skill set. Uh, I mean, the only other team doing this, anything like it, you've got Washington, obviously, and uh, Atlanta doing anything the way that they're using Debo in the backfield. Um, so he, I think he might be willing to it. And they're not paying a quarterback. They don't have that 50 million against a quarterback. 
It's it's. I think that's I think that's another reason Trey Lance. You know, he was third overall pick. His contract, even on a rookie deal, is a lot more than Mister Irrelevant's contract on a rookie deal. Oh, of course. I mean, I don't know what Brock Purdy's pay was for last year, but it, it would have been grand, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 something like a quarter million, but that's not even the cap hit. The cap hit is going to be significantly less. But they're going to have a big chunk of dead cap money from getting rid of Trey Lance before the end of his fourth year. A massive, massive cap hit. So that's not going to go in their favor. So obviously they've got to keep that because it's dead cap money until the end of his fourth year because he's on a rookie deal. And will so, they also have, sorry for interrupting, will they also have no, no. Um, dead cap money from Jimmy G or will that not factor in at all? I, I think, was it not only, was that one year? It might have just been one year. Might have been one yeah, year. Yeah, I think it was just one year. But yeah, they, they, so that's, you know, the, the players that Jake mentioned, it comes something along the lines of 170 million uh, hit to the cap. A lot for, a, for a, and, you know, a handful of players. Yeah, I think the cap, if I remember rightly, the cap's about 240 million. So this this year's winner bust for the 49ers, I mean, I know which one I, I hope happens. But uh, yeah, it, it's, I, I, I think the 49ers need to pick, hand pick a few players make them their foundations and build around because they cannot afford all these players that the market rate is going to be for them. Uh, anything else going on there, Jake? Well, just to touch on uh, Chandler Jones um, went on a tirade of uh, Instagram posts saying, F it, I don't want to play for the Raiders if that's my head coach or general manager. I want Patrick Graham, Ivy League, lots of N-words. They won't let me in the building, though, trying to provoke an N-word. Uh, talking about reaching out to his ex-partner five years ago. Funniest thing I saw is that someone mentioned that it was Labor Day on Monday, so they probably just closed the facility. Um, and maybe he just <laughs> lost his mind. But he was paid 8.5 million roster bonus in March. 6.3 million of his salary was converted to a signing bonus. He's on a 80, uh, what was that? 1.825 salary the rest of the season. So if he wants to be traded, he's got a very friendly deal to be traded. Um, is this Josh McDaniel being a... When he's an offensive coordinator, people seem to love him. His players seem to love him. When he's a head coach, everybody seems to hate him. I know uh, uh, one group of fans who don't like him as a head coach. What is going on in Las Vegas? Seriously, this is... it's it's. Uh, oh, do you know, prior to the move to Las Vegas, I'd be going, what's going on in Los Angeles? And prior to that was, what's going on in Oakland? This organisation just has trouble brewing at all times under the surface there's always something going on josh mcdaniels is going to kill this organization he is absolutely but there's something in the water there and and i and i don't know what it is and chandler jones just losing it on on social media i don't know um i think it's it's probably a case sorry i was just going to say it's probably a case of the incompetence and the wrong priorities on the side of the Raiders and then Chandler Do- Jones and his dummy uh, kind of getting spat out at the same time. And, you know, it's kind of like a, uh, you know, when he's uh, a, a movable object faces an unstoppable force or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, Chandler Jones, I, I, don't, I don't even know what he thought he was going to achieve by that. You know, he posted the entire event on social media, and today, Josh McDaniels comes out at the press conference. And what was his... He had one line. 
that he won't be discussing it and called it a private and personal matter, even though the world saw it on Chandler Jones's Instagram. It, it's so clearly not. It, it's not going to wash. No, but to, you know, it's he has to. He has to address message. these things. He's got to address yeah. these. He needs to take. I mean, he's the head coach. Take control. Take charge and deal with it. Because if you and don't, call, yeah, it's we're going to have to start calling him Nathaniel McDaniel's. Ah, oh, okay. well, just like that. Uh, just as Dave's comment there reminds me of Chris Jones and his fantastic comment uh, about everyone talking about him. I think he's racked up about two million pounds worth of fines, basically for not turning up. He's waiting for a deal. Uh, his response to a lot of people talking about him: opinions are like buttholes. Everyone's got one, and they all stink. You can't make everyone happy. I'm just asking for a raise. <laughs> That's probably the best way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. No, what what more what more can you add to that really? That is the news. A lot of <laughs> a lot of holdouts, a lot of contracts, a lot of non contracts. Uh and because the season's coming up, obviously the players have got a bit of leverage in terms of you need me on the field, but the teams have the leverage of, well, if you don't pay, we're gonna fine you to almighty hell. Um like I say, people like Chandler Jones who are getting paid, they you know, they've got a salary bonus, they got a roster bonus, they've had everything converted. They had a pretty down year last year for Chandler Jones and they've just drafted Tyree Wilson at number five. I think the Raiders are just gonna say, you know, turn up when you've got your head sorted and and my opinions on Chandler Jones and the Jones family is interesting to say the least. I, I would if I was the Raiders, as dysfunctional as they are, I would just say Sodger. Quite right. But uh, McDaniels has to step up and do something. He has to say something. He's got to do something. I, I don't know if you saw <laughs> the report that came out of Denver um, where Sean Payton had reportedly said to Russell Wilson, uh, and I, I won't use the actual words he said because, you know, I uh, need to bleep it out. Uh, expletives. Expletives. He basically said, will you effing stop kissing all the babies? You're not running for public office. Uh, that's obviously a reference to Russell Wilson's um, social media image, shall we say? And and Sean Payton says to concentrate on football. Um, I, I, I for one, I, you know, I've always liked Sean Payton, but I for one love this because you have a different ownership now in the Broncos since Russell Wilson's been there, a different head coach. When Russell Wilson came in under previous ownership and previous head coach, he was told he's the most special princess in the whole world. He gets this his own office, he gets his own suite, and he's way more important than anyone. Go do your subway adverts. You know, you're great. And Tyrone Payne's come in and said, first things first, you're a bloody quarterback. Act like it. You're supposed to be a leader. How are you going to be a leader if you're hidden away in a suite posting Instagrams with your wife? Like, pull yourself together, man. I mean, you're right. And if anyone's got the credentials to talk to someone who might be a bit of a prima donna, it's, it's Sean Payton. I mean, you know, um, Mr. Hackett, who, who everyone thought had good credentials because um, Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs with him as his coordinator. I'm just saying the fact that it was Aaron Rodgers might have had something to do with that. You know, let's not forget that the greatest offense of all time was coordinated by Adam Gase. Just saying. 2013 Denver Broncos. You know? And then Adam Gase gets job after job after job because of that. It turned out it wasn't him. It had something to do with the quarterback. You might see the same thing for Hackett. I wonder if the Jets are suddenly putting up 30 points a game this season. Everyone's like, ah, it must have been Russell Wilson who was the problem because it's working here. Whereas Sean Payton... Can you imagine? 
Sorry, sorry Dave, yeah, but can you? Sir, I was just going to say, can you imagine if someone said that to Aaron Rodgers, though? Because he wouldn't react in any kind of positive way. The first thing that would happen is that in his head, a little tune would go. It would just be, hello, darkness, my old friend. I and then he would just, <laughs> that's exactly what would happen. He would, Russell Wilson, maybe, Russell Wilson probably needed that kick up the backside after what happened last Definitely. year. I mean, that, that could have been, that could have scarred him. Like, it, Look, it's, I don't think it has, but. Right, I, I'm not going to talk, right, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go off mm. about the Broncos, but. If the Broncos end up this year with the 31st ranked offense in the entire NFL, that's better than last year. So, you know, Sean Payton offensively is an unknown, unless they actually are worse than last year, but that's not possible. It's literally not possible to be worse than they were last year. It's just it's not going to happen. So <laughs> let's put that aside. Um, yeah, Sean Payton comes in, and you're right, Jake. You know he didn't he didn't uh, trade for Russell Wilson. He didn't get rid of all. And neither did his ownership. Uh, neither, yeah, neither did the, no. the, the Russell Wilson didn't. needs to get it through his head that he's not untouchable. You know, most teams that trade for a quarterback or trade for a big player and pay him, they are untouchable. Russell Wilson, you are not untouchable. I didn't trade for you, like you said, Sean Payton. The front office and the ownership are saying we didn't trade for you, so you don't buck up. We'll move on uh, because we've committed to Sean Payton. We've got draft picks for Sean Payton. Everybody knows Sean Payton's kind of experience. If this is another bum year, they're not going to fire Sean Payton. They're going to fire Russell no. Wilson. Yeah, if, if Russell Wilson sucks this year in Denver, like he did last year, or anything close to like he did last year, he's the one that's going to get It's not going to be Sean Payton. Sean Payton's not getting blamed for this because Russell Wilson can't use the Nathaniel Hackett excuse this year. Everyone saw what happened last year and it was appalling. And then, you know, the last four games, five games, Russell Wilson looked good last year. So, you're thinking, oh, okay. It was clearly Nathaniel Hackett. But if he stinks it up this year, he's out the door and I I don't care. And I don't think the, uh, as you mentioned, the owners will care because the, the Walton, what are they called? Walton Penner group or whatever it is. They can afford to take the hit. You know, it's not, it's not like they're short in cash. I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. You know, just give him his money and let him go. You know, he can go and eat more Subways or football-shaped bread. Did you see that? The football-shaped 27 bathroomed houses that he likes to have. Just ridiculous. But him and Hackett at the start of the season were doing interviews together, gushing over each other, basically looked like they were going to marry each other. They... He can't blame on Hackett because he was best mates with him and getting his own suite. I think, I, what Dave said, I think he needed this. This is a bit of a reality check of just saying, you know, listen, we know how good you can be, but what have you done for me lately? And just, just to put it out there as well, one other person that I think that definitely applies to, even though he's got a really bad injury, is Kyler. Because mm-hmm. obviously Kyler's injury is bad and it's going to see him out for a long time. But prior to that injury, he wasn't performing. No, he wasn't. His organization, when before, prior to his injury, it was a lot better than what they are coming into this year. So you're gonna, you've got a kind of career backup in Josh Dobbs coming in for him. You've got, a, and the the only other one it could be is a rookie. But Kyler got paid. Don't forget though, if 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 things go completely south, and you know he's having no input, you saw that it started with him. That could go down south as well. These, yeah, there's so many of these kind of similar situations. But I think because of the, you know, the well-knownness 
of Russell Wilson because you know he is I don't want to say prima donna but he is like everyone's darling of the ad you know advertising industry as well Matt Stafford has overtaken him on the west coast I think but you know he's yeah, he's under a lot of scrutiny he is and, and rightly so yeah because you're not under that kind of scrutiny when you're winning do you know correct when, when Baker Mayfield was doing all the adverts when he was winning with the Browns it was all fine. You do your adverts. Nobody cares as long as you're winning. It's like what, what Dave Grimshaw said weeks ago when we had him on the show about the Washington. He says, I don't care what the, I don't care what they're called as long as they win. And it's the same with quarterbacks. I don't care. Nobody is complaining. Well, I'm sure some people are, but they're stupid if they are. Complaining about Patrick Mahomes doing State Farm adverts. Who cares? He can do all the adverts he wants. Because he wins. It's not like mm-hmm. His play is suffering because he's doing these adverts. But when your play is suffering and you look rotten out there, then your uh, head coach come offensive coordinator, because I, that's basically what Sean Payton is. He's the head coach, but he's going to be calling the plays. Um, he, you know, he'll say, right, you're not performing. Stop doing this. Concentrate on your game. Once you've got your game going, you can do anything you like. But until then concentrate in the game so i was I, I liked what he said to Russell Wilson. good for you sean if you're if you're listening i'm on your side and so is jake and dave i'm not i'm not sure he is <laughs> i gave a thumbs up but you can't see him but i also gave a thumbs up we need to get your camera dave we can't see your thumbs up it's no use it's no use anyway so that was that was basically all that happened in and around the nfl so before we actually talk about uh, our picks for the upcoming year, gentlemen, um, I have to say, did you see the um, the trailer, shall we call it, for the Manning cast, where they're looking to get the new auditions? Have we all seen this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's pure comedy. It's just fantastic. And and there was, there was two bits in particular that I laughed at. The reason I bring this up is because we were talking about Sean Payton. And the bit with Sean Payton, where Eli's saying Payton, and he's, I think he's talking about Peyton Manning, that's fine. You know, that's, that's a throwaway joke. But when Peyton Manning asks him about audibles, and his response is, I just think the quarterback needs to run the play that we put in, and that's it, with no deviation. And you're going to see it zooming in on Peyton Manning. Like, he's like, what? What are you saying? This is ridiculous. I thought that was absolutely hilarious uh, and the and the end the end of it if anyone hasn't seen it um i won't talk about the end but if you haven't seen it just go look up the trailer for the manning cast auditions it's absolutely it's it's comedy gold uh dave did you did you uh have a, a particular favorite bit in it well i i, I said it to you uh, before that i think it was probably the most expensive trailer of all time with the with the amount of cameo kind of three four second appearances i I love how we only got to see the eyes of sean mcveigh because he was he was doing his kind of audition for manning cast from behind a folder so my name's sean mcveigh but um yeah i i i I think that you can't really top the sean payton part because i was just like you know it's not even unrealistic it may be a throwaway joke but it's just it's not it's not unrealistic it's pretty much what would happen if Peyton was coaching Peyton just run my play you, you, you don't don't audible don't but you know it's I I I want I I kind of want Drew Brees 
I would love Drew Brees to throw away his kind of um, you know contract in mainstream. He would be fantastic on the Manning cast. I, I yeah, he was the first one that I thought of when you know I, I was watching the actual trailer for. I was like, but he obviously he didn't appear because he has a pretty nice contract that he's currently sat on. So it does. Um, yeah, but you know, the the only other one as well uh, that I did like was is probably. Uh, Jake's favorites because you know he's uh, the man's had uh, an amazing podcast uh, for a couple of years now. He was a Colts punter. The only thing, the only issue I have is that he's done so much by now. And who are we talking about? It's it's it's, it's Pat. <laughs> Pat McAfee. I, I, st- I he, still don't like Pat McAfee. I I don't I don't like him. I don't know what it is. I've got no reason not to like him. I just get the feeling that if I met him in a pub, I would take an instant disliking to that man. I just get that. I was going to say because if you if you were going to punch him, I was going to say right, you're not going to wake up for a while after as he retaliates to you. I really think that's where I thought you were going with that. But yeah, he's he he doesn't come across as a dislike. He's got so much energy. Not like a kind of annoying dog kind of energy, but more like a. Yeah, everyone gets pumped up. Classic American energy. So I, I'm no, I'm, I'm a fan. I wasn't always a fan of Pat McAfee, but I, I really am now. So I, I think Pat McAfee would be really good for it. But he does have his own kind of um, production and entertainment company. So I'm, I'm not so so sure if that's going to be a go. I, I don't know what he's, it is. Uh, as Robert Sal would say, if you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Pat McAfee is a very, very busy man. Um, oh, very, I, yeah. very enjoyable man for me. Uh, I want to kill me, you know, call me a purist. I wanted to be Cooper Manning. I wanted to stay the Manning cast, bring in the the other brother that so many people forget about because he's got his own um, bit on one of the NFL shows, whether it's Fox or ESPN or something. Um, but I really enjoy it. He's got a very good sense of humor. It can stay the Manning cast. Um, but my favorite part of the trailer was Mike McDaniel's. Everyone else was like auditioning. Mike McDaniel just comes <laughs> in and just tells them how much he hates them. Basically, he's like awful, awful. I, that was very good. That was very good. And I, Jim RC, Jim RC in the waiting room singing was <laughs> that was bizarre. That was so bizarre. And the one with with, with Trevor Lawrence, where he's like, "Do you think a jaguar could beat a giant?" And he's like, well, the giant's a mythical creature. So, and then Pete Manning's like, what about a horse? Like a jaguar can beat a horse. <laughs> Is this what you talk about? Yeah, pretty much. It's, uh, the Manning cast wonderful. I love the Manning cast. I can't wait to see who they've got on this year. It, it's it's going to be so much fun. Uh, and it, it, it adds that extra dimension to... Because I'll be honest, I kind of fell away from Monday Night Football. I really did. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, because it's on a Monday night for us, early hours Tuesday morning. So I was like, well, I'm not watching it until the Tuesday, usually after work or whatever. But I would find myself just like, you know, fast forwarding through the analysis and I just like to watch the game, just watch the game. I didn't really care much about it. I thought the format had got a little bit on the stale side. I know they've sort of revamped it a bit, but I was like, I was never a big fan of Monday Night Football. Oh, well, I was, but I really sort of come away from it uh but last year i was i watched a couple of the manning cast ones and i thought that's absolutely brilliant they they were they were fantastic so i'm really really looking forward to the manning cast again this year now gentlemen we have some picks 
we have some pics that we need to put out there to the public and tell them, Jake, would you like to go first with your picks? And these picks are, of course, uh, we've got an MVP pick, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Coach of the Year. I've forgotten the other ones. I had them in front of me. The off- offensive Rookie and the Defensive Rookie. Offensive Rookie and Defensive Rookie. So, Jake, would you like to go first with your pick for MVP? I've already spoiled it weeks ago. It's going to be my man, Trevor Lawrence. MVP. MVP. I, I you know, I, I'd like to see that, I'll be honest. Um, I'm still take, I'm taking Patrick Mahomes as yeah. the MVP. I just, you know, I know it's not a sexy pick, uh, but I, unless something horrendous happens, I can't see him not winning it again this year. So, uh, Dave, who's your pick for MVP? I'm afraid I'm on the Pat Mahomes bandwagon because he's just, the, uh, in my not-so-humble opinion, he is the greatest quarterback to ever take to the field. Uh, you know, his achievements are quite up there with some of the others yet, but he's just special. I, do, I, do, I just I don't see, unless some sort of injury, uh, well, we saw him get injured last year, didn't hamper him. <laughs> you know, and he still, he fought through it. He just kept going. Got to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl. He's he's the best ever, and I I I can't go against him whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, Pat Mahomes for me. Um, Next quarterback on the field, he's 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 no Taysom Hill. (laughs) He's not played tight end. He's not played running back. He's not played wide receiver. He's one dimensional. Ah, just one dimensional. Yeah, wait wait until he starts (laughs) punting. Like you know, we spoke about the other week. Once he starts punting, it's game game over. Um, Dave, we'll stick with you. We'll we'll do it uh, back to front. Um, offensive player of the year. Who have you got this year? Now, obviously, I'm going to go beast quarterback. So, offensive player of the year. Yeah, but obviously, you know, Pat Mahomes is probably going to be for both. But uh, my kind of outside one, I'm going for Brees Hall because I think that there's going to be so much tension on the Jets uh, throwing it. That you know they've got such a solid run game. We saw it last year up until Brees Hall got injured. We saw how good he he was. So I'm going to take a punt and say that Brees Hall is an outside chance. I would say it's very outside because I I honestly think that um, Dalvin Cook will get the majority of carries for the Jets. I do. I just think. I don't. I, 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 I know. I think. I think it'll be split, but I think Cook will get more. I think he'll get mm-hmm. more carries because you know they 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 paid for him and. They're not going to pay for him and not play him. I think it's, that would be insane. Um, offensive player of the year. I was going to go with the obvious pick. Uh, or well, what a lot of people consider to be the ob- obvious pick, which is Justin Jefferson. And a lot of people thought it's going to be Justin Jefferson. I'm not picking Justin Jefferson. I'm flipping it to the NFC. I'm taking Christian McCaffrey over in San Francisco. And I reckon Vikings also play in the NFC. Uh, what's that? The Vikings also oh, play sorry, in the I, NFC. I know. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> they do. <laughs> what I meant to say was the NFC West. <laughs> Flipping it to the NFC West, um, and I'm I'm taking Christian McCaffrey to have a monster year, and uh, may even lead the league in rushing. And I'm proud of us be- for all not picking a quarterback because. 
the MVP's a quarterback. Uh, the only way the only way a quarterback's winning offensive player of the year and not MVP is if let's say, you know, for argument's sake, Mahomes wins MVP five thousand yards, fifty touchdowns. If then Jalen Hurts has five thousand yards, forty nine touchdowns. He might win offensive player of the year. Do you know what I mean? It's that's the only way you're going to get two quarterbacks. In in my mind, the only way you can get two quarterbacks. So I'm I'm taking Christian McCaffrey, offensive player of the year, uh, a million yards from scrimmage and hundred touchdowns. Yeah, no bother at all. Uh, Jake, who's your O P O Y? I'm in unison with yourself. I also put down Christian McCaffrey. I'm very surprised and excited about the Brees Hall production that is, that is out there uh, and like I say I'm just happy that we've all not picked a quarterback I feel like this should be the MVP that isn't a quarterback basically that feels you can't win an MVP this anymore if you're not a quarterback so no and give it to give it to the running back or the wide receiver that's you know broke all the records they should at least get some recognition I, I understand why the MVP always goes to quarterbacks I do I do but it, it gets boring it gets so boring. You're like, yeah, we know it's going to be a quarterback and whoever the best stats wins it. There you go. Um, right, we then come to Defensive Player of the Year. Jake McGee, who is your Defensive Player of the Year? On me boring. TJ Watt. It's just a sack machine. Pittsburgh have got a, a good defense. He's got a good playing partner who's been paid. They've got a good secondary, so there's no kind of quick out because the secondary's got them locked down. It's just all things set up for TJ Watt to have another special year. It is, um, and that's why I'm taking TJ Watt as well. I've already got him. I, I just, you know, I didn't want to because he's everyone's favorite. Uh, it was either between him and or Nick Bosa, and Nick I, Bosa's not playing. So. Yeah, I was like, well, if Nick Bosa's not playing, then it's going to be TJ Watt. So I'm taking TJ Watt. I, I just can't. It, it would take a monumental effort from someone else because, as we as we pointed out, defensive backs. It's so hard for them to get it because uh, interception rates are going down and down and down every year because of the way teams operate, throwing the ball. So that, you know, the, the days of a cornerback getting 12, 13 interceptions in a season when he'd be in it with a shout of winning uh, DPOY are just, they're very, it, it's almost impossible. I would love, I would love to see Pat Sertan is going to be deep, defensive player of the year with, you know, 10 interceptions. I just don't see it happening, so I'm taking T.J. Watt as well. Dave? I'll be honest. I forgot about T.J. Watt, so I was between oh. two players. I know, I know it's shocking, but I was between two players and none of them have been mentioned, which I'm quite surprised. So one of the players I was going to take was Hassan Reddick of the Eagles, who was really impressive last Monster year. Monster year last year. Huge. Yeah, so that was one of the players. But the other one, which I'm going to take as my pick, is Micah Parsons. Because mm-hmm. I think this preseason he's gone slightly under the radar with the talks of players like you know Jones, you know demanding a new contract, uh, Bosa wanting a new contract. Micah Parsons just kind of sat back doing his thing, and um, yeah, I'm, I think Micah Parsons might have a really good year this year. Obviously, you know, there, there's it, it's it's a situation where I think. Similar to Von Miller is that you know the epic threat that's coming. You know what he possesses. But you still can't do anything about it. You know, it like, for example, I'm, obviously, I'm, I might be, it's a bad example because of the bias, but Aaron Donald, you know what the threat is. You know it's coming. But you can get two or three players on him. 
when Michael Parsons is coming around the edge, there's only so you know so it's only so much you can move your right guard or your left guard to help your tackle. You're quite often these edge players go one on one, and that is why they're so epic. They have to be fast. They have to be like, athletic. I'm typically I'm I'm going to say it's going to be a defensive end. But I, th- I think it's going to be Michael Parsons. Do you know? Do you know what? I'd, I'd quite like to see Aidan Donald get it again, though. I know you oh, would. So, Dave. I have so I, would I. I. Know you would. But, <laughs> yes, I um, would. He he's been sort of forgotten about because he's double and triple teamed on every single play, and he did have some injuries. He had a couple of injury problems recently. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, quite 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 like to see Aidan Donald come back at full strength and just sort of remind everyone why he's already a what is he a two-time, three-time defensive three, player? Uh, three-time three defensive, defensive Exactly. Yeah. I was sort of, uh, sort of forgetting about it myself there. I'm just thinking it's going to be TJ Watt, TJ Watt, TJ Watt. That's all I've got, TJ Watt brain, you know. Um, but yeah, it might be might be good for Ian Donald to get a, a full I think also just what, one outside candidate who I, I think I, I mentioned at one point last year that I was really impressed with was Max Crosby. So mm-hmm. uh, he's, again, oh, just, he was, he was... He, I, lo- I, lo- I lo- okay. I can see why you do. I know why oh, you do. But Max, Max Crosby, Crosby really, really, it was something special last year, and he's getting better and better, which is bad for you, but you know, good for the ref- <laughs> for the kind of neutral at the same time. It's just a shame of what the team that he's playing in, because I think his career is going to be static while he's there. But you know, I, I wish him all the best, except obviously two games a season. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Michael Parsons is going to be my pick anyway. Um, Jake, do you have like a sort of dark horse for the defensive player of the year? Do you have anyone else? A dark horse, like um, like, like so for example, um, Dave there mentioned you know like guys like Max Crosby. I mentioned Pat Sertan, purely bias. You know, <laughs> just like is anyone of the Saints, for example? Well, it's, it's it was still a defensive end. That, you know, Cam Jordan getting it would be just monumentally make me the happiest man alive. Lattimore's the other kind of obvious choice, but I mean, Cameron Jordan, that would really kind of cement his, his career. So if that happened, I think universally, or at least any, everybody, every Saints fan would rejoice, but I feel like it would go down pretty well um, league-wide as well, because he's just kind of had one of those careers where he's always been a top five, top ten guy, but he's never been the guy. That's Aiden Hutchinson Aiden, would be there's an outside shot now actually just, that he was spectacular last season he was so I, good he was all over the field last year I mean they, they were talking about um I can't remember where I saw it, it was like midway through the season uh about Kevon Thibodeau over at the Giants mm-hmm. and I was like what are you talking about Hutchinson is outplaying this guy so much, he should have been the first pick in the draft. Aiden Hutchinson yep. was incredible, absolutely incredible. I like, I quite like Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I mean, I, ha- I had a, I had a Lions fan in my ear all morning today telling me how good a good defensive line of Aiden Hutchinson, Chris Jones, and Bosa would be uh, under Dan Campbell. So, and well, I mean, I, th- yes. that was. It would. I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be, but uh, you know, often the other cloud cuckoo lands. Uh, he, he was also telling me about uh, how amazing next year Saquon Barkley will be behind Jared Goff, and we, you know, with all whatever amazing first round pick the Lions is, have. So, 
for, just, for, any, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, he, he is talking about a resident draft expert, Ewan McPhail, who uh, does... Our deluded resident experts. Well, clearly. <laughs> d- d- is he just like, oh, do you know what? It'd be great if like both Megatron and Barry Sanders came out of retirement and were, you know, thrown back 20 <laughs> years into their primes. And that, I, I questioned whether the Detroit, Detroit Lions could pay enough players to reach the salary cap. So he didn't. He, he, he kind of was very quiet after that because they haven't had the most successful uh, franchise in the league, you know, to generate the kind of income that you would need to pay, like some some of some of the best players in the league. So yeah, he didn't like that. But uh, yeah, I think Agent Hodgson another dark horse to consider there. Um. Well. Absolutely. Uh, now we do come to um, who was the last one to pick there, Dave? I think it was. Mm. So, offensive rookie of the year. Who do you think is going to be? Well, I think after what I've just said about Aiden Hutchinson, this one is going to link in very nicely because I've gone for Jameer Gibbs, the running back that the Lions took in the first round because what they were able to do last year with two young running backs was very impressive. And I think Jameer Gibbs has got the potential to eclipse that, to even go ahead of that. So uh, I'm I'm taking Jameer Gibbs there for the Lions' new running back. I think, and I could be completely wrong, obviously, but that's why we do these picks. Um, I'm going to go with someone who I've been... Sort of down on, I don't want to say down on, but I've sort of doubted his ability because I haven't seen any of his ability. And I want to see what it looks like. Anthony Richardson with the Colts. I don't, I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm going to take if, him. If the Colts win seven, eight games, he deserves it because they're not doing anything to help him. We've mentioned their front office. Yeah. They've not got Jonathan Taylor. His wide receiver room is a bunch of white guys, as I said last week. Yeah. I mean, if he does win it, he fully deserves we're so, it. We're so close to getting cancelled. Uh, it's just, <laughs> just so close. So close. Anyway, we're not. Um, it's a, I think that's part of the reason, though. Because he's got nothing around him. There's no help. He might go, do you know what? I need to do all of this myself. And the one thing we do know that he is is a good athlete. Mm-hmm. He might He might explode. Um, I was actually, I was sort of torn between the likes of himself and CJ Stroud because I think another player who has just no help whatsoever in Houston, um, there, CJ Stroud, and I thought maybe maybe he could get the chance, but uh, no, do you know what? I'll go with Richardson. I'll, yeah, Anthony Richardson. Jake, who's your pick for offensive rookie of the year? I've got my son who is explosive. And B. John Robinson, I feel like I'm I'm blessed that somehow he's made it to me. If this was a draft and I've managed to draft B. John Robinson as the, the offensive rookie of the year, I mean, the Falcons have got a, a fantastic uh, run scheme, obviously a bit of a crowded backfield, but they've already listed um, B. John as number one, Tyler Algier is number two, and Cordell Patterson gets his own bracket called J, uh, which everyone figured out was Joker. They're just going to use him as a Joker. They're going to use him wherever they see fit. Um, but I still think there's enough carries there for Bijan Robinson. I'm not sold on Desmond Ritter, so I do think that the Falcons will run it 30, 40, 50 times a game and run it down your throat. And I, if I'm a linebacker, I'm not looking forward to, to playing the Falcons. 
Mm, yeah, I see what you mean. With a crowded backfield, I think he might have fewer carries than he, mm-hmm. than he would want. So I've got to get the feeling that he might be like, uh, you know, you might not get as many to get the the, the shot at uh, off of the rookie of the year. But a, a great player, and I would have no issues whatsoever if he if he won, none whatsoever. Um, defensive rookie of the year, Jake McGee. Who do you have? Gone Devon Witherspoon, cornerback, Seattle. Witherspoon. Yeah, I was having him on the draft. I thought he was going to go to the Lions. He obviously went to the Seahawks. I picked before the Lions. Um, I'm going to stick with my my pre-draft buzz and and stick with my man Witherspoon. Um, I'm actually going to take, uh, I don't want to, but I think I'm going to have to. I'm going to take Jalen Carter, defensive tackle for the Eagles. Um, Because I think with, as Dave already mentioned, Riddick on, on the outside there. It's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of teams keying off the edge. I think a defensive tackle could get a lot of pressure up the middle there. Doesn't get a lot more one-on-ones than you would normally expect to get. And I think he could make a big impact on this Philadelphia team. So I'm taking uh, Mr. Carter there over in Philadelphia. Um, Dave, defensive rookie of the year. It's weird that both of you basically covered everything I was about to say because my pick is Jalen Carter, but what I was going to say is that not only Devin Witherspoon, but Christian Gonzalez, don't be surprised if either of them two cornerbacks pick it up as well. But if I was going to be have to go between one of them, I wouldn't be able to because I think with these kind of players transitioning into the NFL, obviously at every position it's a, it's a big transition, these kind of cornerbacks, not only do they need snaps, they need to be starting all the time, they're going to go up against the best, and I think it takes a little bit of time to say, yeah, they, they're they going to be great. Look at Jeff Okuda. Now, from from a, a Super Lions fan in Ewan McPhail, he said he was the best in the NFL for the first three or four games and then just disappeared. That could happen with either one of these rookies as well. But then you know you've got um, you, you, you've got players that are still young. But your own Broncos cornerback, Pat Sertan, he came out the blocks flying, but he continued that. I think one of these two cornerbacks has the potential to do that if they do it for one one year. But you've got to go with Jalen Carter because you know with players like Redick on the end, you've got you've got a split between the two of them. Apparently, Jalen Carter is beating almost everyone. In, tra- in uh, training camp. So I'm really excited to see what Jalen Carter can bring to the table. I just wish he was in the AFC. I would only push back slightly that similar to Bijan Robinson being in a crowded back room, the Eagles defensive line is absolutely stacked. So it's just, again, if he is having the kind of monster training camp, I'm sure he will be on the, the field a lot, but there will be heavy rotation on that defensive line. Oh, and there was, there was a little... Um, a tweet by one of the kind of rumors uh, accounts on uh, X Twitter, whatever you want to call it, um, that yeah, Cordell Patterson was not happy with the role that he's been given, you know, behind, obviously in a packed running back room. So again, watch that space, but we know what kind of the running back market is at the moment. So yeah, I forgot to bring that up earlier, but yeah, Cordell Patterson, who we both, I think we all like, 
we, we, we think he's great. And Cordero Perez is one of my favourite players in the entire league. Yeah, but he's not, I don't think he's deserved, it, or it's been deserved, that the Falcons drafting a running back that high to make him the highest paid running back in the league ahead of Cordero Parson. We've already gotten there. So I think it's a weird one, but I think it also goes gives Jake's theory about Desmond Ritter. Um, it gives more kind of strength to that, that they don't trust their number one QB. So the running back, it's going to be a, a heavy running game all the time in, in Atlanta. So it's going to be a weird one. And finally, we come to coach of the year. Uh, Dave, you were last, so you're going to be first this time. Who is your pick for coach of the year 2023? I think there's going to be division in the camp because I'm giving it to Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton is going to win uh, coach of the year. And I think uh, that he's going to do it in some style. I think he's going to get to the latter stages of the playoffs with the Broncos, and he's just going to miss out. He's a joint favourite. Is he? Oh, wow. Mm. See, maybe I'm not so far off. I, mm, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I think after, after what we've witnessed uh, over the last couple of years... I think me and Jake would love to see it as well. Well, okay, maybe Jake less so than me, but um, I, th- I think, yeah, we, we'd like to see some sort of success in Denver because there's, like, you know, in... It's been uh, a rough five-year stretch. Uh, yeah, stretch. In, uh, in our football terms, uh, you've got Everton who are struggling. In American football terms, you've got uh, the Broncos that are struggling. Next year, it's going to be the Rams struggling. So it's just going to be... We, we take a year each kind of thing. And Yeah, I'm on year 28. <laughs> don't ever compare it to Everton. You don't yeah. understand pain. Uh, that's, Everton okay. are more like the Detroit Lions, Dave. It's just like they haven't it's won anything. Harsh on the Lions. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I, saw, I was watching a video on YouTube and I can't remember who it was. I, I don't remember. But it was talking about JFK. Right now, JFK, who was assassinated in 1963, has missed one Lions playoff win. That's unnecessary. I'm just saying. Just so you know, 28 years is nothing, Jake. I'm just saying. Right? Lions fans have yeah, but the thing is, the thing is, so you and McPhail, as we know, who is a, a, Lions, a diehard Lions fan chose the Lions so that says more about maybe a state of mind that he wanted well, to choose it's not the underdog because it's just it's just up until yeah, I, Dan I didn't Campbell choose Everton. yeah yeah well so some some were born into their their well, yeah I mean decisions, I, maybe, maybe you and chose them because they like the colors maybe like the powder blue uniforms I don't know I don't know the <laughs> yeah, reason I, I why think, anyone uh, picked the Lions Dan Campbell uh, I think for purely Dan Campbell alone, Lions would, and of course I've now have I now have a vintage uh, Indomitian Sioux top uh, yes. of when he was at the Lions. So Dan Campbell is the best. He's, he's just so everyone. He's so easy to get behind. But, and Dan yeah, Campbell I, is my pick for coach of the year. There we go. Because well, I think that was the other one I was going to go for. The first time since 1991, <laughs> the Detroit Lions are going to win a playoff game this year. Dan Campbell is going to win Coach of the Year. He's just going to continue from where he took on last year. He's going to do much better, going to have a better record. The Detroit Lions are going to win a playoff game 
this year. Calling it. 2026. The other, the other joint I, favorite. That's what I was going to ask you. Oh, I thought you know, Dan know Campbell that. might be the other favorite it's, there. there but I was going to ask about Mike that. McDaniels as well, because he was my other pick. Was he? Uh, Jake, he who's, who's your pick? Quarter of the year. My pick. Easy pick. The man's going to have a winning season, so just give it to him now. It's Mike Tomlin. He is. We know he's going to have a winning season. We know that Seasons minimum of good. nine wins. Yeah, they've got they've got good defense. Um, preseason, if preseason's anything to go by, they've got a, a good offense. Uh, and if they can get that offense up to the level of the defense, there's no reason why they can't win 11, 12 games and come out of that AFC, you know, unscathed. He's, he's right, Dave. Yeah, he when, is, he when is right. Right, I think right. I'm just... I'm not. I'm just not sold on the. You know, it's it's like kind of looking into the chess world. You know, Magnus Carlsen, who is the great, arguably the greatest chess player ever. He is the best, but he still needs tools to work with. And I don't think Mike Tomlin has quite the tools. So it's going. I think, I think it's oh, going to be about eight, nine, did, nine, did and eight. Did you see Magnus Carlsen, the chess player? Yes. Yeah, he won the grandmaster. Just won the chess. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the only, Mike tools, the only tools he needs a chessboard. He's got the same tools as everyone else. But he doesn't have the pieces to work. I mean, well, Mike Tomlin has. Yeah, the, they all pitch. have the same pieces. Every chess player yeah, has the, the same board, yeah, but It's you, how the board plays out. Who's developed their pieces at the right time? Yeah, who's developed their players at the right time in NFL terms? Right, okay, who, who so has I a better you, I thought we were being literal piece? about having, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I've got eight <laughs> queens. <laughs> I'm going to no, win. No, well, everyone on a football field has 22 players. That's yeah. the same as a chessboard. You know, everyone's got the same pieces. Doesn't mean I they know, are the same. but some are better than others. Players. Are, are you... Uh, do you think Kenny Pickett can get, like, kind of double-digit win, uh, wins? Can he? Do you think he can get a 10-7 and seven record? Yes, I do. I, I, Eleven, twelve wins. I'm, I, I think the Steelers are going to surprise a few. I think I, everyone in the AFC is talking about, rightfully so, the Bills, the Chiefs, the Jaguars, yeah, the yeah, Bengals. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think the, the Steelers are going under the radar. I, I, I did not want Kenny Pickett to do well last year because, Mitch, I was all about the MVP. <laughs> MVP. 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 I was all about the MVP, right? But, when that change happened and Kenny Pickett was in, I'd hold my hand up and say, this guy looks good. He, he looks good. And I know they've got the jokes about having small hands and things like that, but the guy looks good. So if he... if and he, a perfect uh, passer rating in the preseason. Perfect passer rating. Five drives, five touchdowns. I mean, it doesn't... That's all you need. When you've got that damn defense on the other side, you've got TJ Watt on the other side causing havoc they don't the Steelers don't need to score 20 points a game to have a winning season I think we saw that last year like last year was a perfect evidence of that they didn't have did they have maybe one high scoring game and that was it I've got no idea um we did cover it in a previous episode but my memory's not what it used to be and it wasn't very good stuff. I I just just say that um Trubisky signed a two-year extension so he's at the Steelers until 2025 there's still time there's still a chance. Mike Tomlin can still, if, if Kenny Pickett goes down, Mike Tomlin might still win Coach of the Year because they've got the MVP. They've got the MVP. That's all he needs. Coach of the Year. Fantastic. So there we go. I think we can move on before we give Dave PTSD. I think we might have to do that, actually. Uh, so, yes, that's our picks. That is our picks for the coaches and players of the year. You can write them down. Put it on a wall chart. Stick it on your, your, your wall. 
I don't know why I'm putting yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, you, you can put it on a wall chart. Yeah, exactly. I know, that's what I was thinking. I, I, that's what I was like, put it on a... <laughs> where do you put a wall chart again? Yeah, I but you can wall. also you can put it up on the wall beside last year's predictions where Carson Wentz was going to be oh, in the I, Pro Bowl. I, listen, that was, I, 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 <laughs> that's why they're called bold predictions. That's why. Bold predictions. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's upside down kitchen bowl. Dave, give me a stupid right, Dave, give me a stupid early prediction right now. Go for it. A super early prediction. Um, the the Dolphins have three injured quarterbacks next year. That Tua goes down, Mike White goes down, and Skylar Thompson goes down. All three go down this year. All three go down within five weeks. Okay, Who nice. would you sign in the state of Florida to come in with experience and lead? the Miami Dolphins line in the state where there's no income tax. What ca- what kind of rich individual would like to be in Florida? That famous Seamus. But you could also be someone that is newly retired that could be talked out. No, no, he's already been <laughs> in Florida. He's done this thing. He's not coming back. It's No one cares. Nobody cares about Tom Brady. You asked for a bold prediction. It's a but it's very That's bold. bold. He's just trying to get There's under no my chance skin. Chance of that happening and Carson Wentz winning, winning or getting to the Pro Bowl. I okay, did so. say it was stupid. Uh, well, I said this is a stupid bold prediction. It's and a very stupid uh, you, prediction. Very yeah, ask question. <laughs> yeah, asking you receive. You know, so yeah, Tom Brady will come in to. It might not be the Dolphins. It might be you well, know no, the Cardinals. I asked you for the prediction. So your prediction well, is I'm that all the Dolphins, three yeah. Dolphins quarterbacks go down and Tom Brady comes in. Or two of the three goes down. Skylar Thompson is a complete bust, and Tom Brady gets signed on a ten-game deal. There you go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and if see if that doesn't pan out, if this doesn't happen, I'm allowed to mock you for it the same way you mocked me about the Carson Wentz thing. Yeah. I will send you a canvas of Tom Brady in a Dolphins uniform if this happens. <laughs> okay, in his no, first game. No, if it game, doesn't I, happen. Then I can I can mock you. That's that's the way it goes. We're allowed to do that. I love it. Excellent. Thank you. Good <laughs> prediction, Dave. Wonderful. Sometimes you wish you kept your mouth shut. <sighs> right. Was there anything else before we talk about the game tonight? Uh, tomorrow night game. You don't want my. You don't want a, a stupid early from me. Oh, sorry. That's Jim. hurtful. That's hurtful. It's because you sure you're not pregnant because, with baby brain. It's because you didn't COVID mock brain. Mine. You didn't mock mine. That's what it was. But I will. Thought it. My, re- my reward is Jake. to be left out. Maybe I'll start nope. mocking you more. Too late. Jake. What? <laughs> Jake, give us a stupid early bold prediction, please. Mike Evans is a chief. I love it. That's not stupid. That's a, uh, I love I, it. I, no. That's fantastic. That's not fair. That's good. <laughs> I would be a happy man. I would be a happy man. Oh, I, I would hate it if that happened. I would just die. <laughs> But, but, it's the kind of move Andy Reid would make, and I, I love it. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans going to, oh, could you imagine? Mike Evans? That, that gives me anxiety. <laughs> that's, that just, <laughs> that, that's, that's horrible to think, because we know, that we know what Patrick Mahomes is like with weapons. Now, he's, he's, got, he's already got some weapons. Give him His another brother. one of the, well... <laughs> That's not where I was going with that. That no, but 
someone of the caliber of Mike Evans in Kansas City is not something that's good for the league. It's only good for Kansas City, and Kansas City do not need any more good things going there because they've had too much of it. You say it's not good for the league. What you mean is it's not good for the other teams. It's really good for the NFL as as an entity. It would be fantastic for them because Patrick Mahomes has got Mike Evans there and he's thrown him 40 touchdowns in one year and they're breaking all records and they go to another Super Bowl and win it again and the NFL just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and everyone's, everybody is talking about a very small market team in the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, they're tucked away in Missouri. Let them stay there instead of going to the Super Bowl every year. Well, no, but it's good for the league. It's good for the league to have small market teams do well. The Dallas Cowboys, and I I, I don't want to sound like I'm ragging on the Cowboys, but they are the most, um, what's the word I'm looking for, visible franchise in the entire NFL. They are. They've done nothing, absolutely nothing since the mid-90s. And yet... They're still the, the poster franchise for the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody has heard of the Dallas Cowboys. because They know, also got voted voted recently uh, the most hated fan base by the other 31 teams. I'm very surprised by that. I thought Philadelphia would have won the hands down. No, I mean, Philly the top fans two were... Are the, insane. They, they, yeah, they are actually, but I, th- I think it's... Um, well, they, I think they must have been quite high up, but the top two were the Cowboys at number one and the Browns at number two. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Browns, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Less said the better <laughs> about yeah, that. But, yeah, uh, yeah they, I mean, it, the I can't remember who the most liked was, but I know that Saints were second. So, Woohoo! Yeah, there's hey, something good, to cheer about for New, in New Orleans. We're second in something this year. Yes, you are. <laughs> and, and not the draft. And not the draft. Not the draft. Very important. So... Gentlemen, there's a game being played tomorrow. It's the first game of the 2023 season. It's the start of week one. This weekend, all the other games are being played. We need to do a small deep dive preview into this game. And then we do a rapid fire preview for week one. And I want you to give me winners. You don't have to give me scores, but I like it when you do. I want you to give me winners. Before we go, I'm going to do pickums. Jake, I believe you've got something to say on the pickums. Yes, rather than last week, uh, last year when we had you kind of try and keep track, go through the episodes, what we said, uh, I've set up an ESPN pickums. I put it out on Twitter. I'll get you to send it back out on Twitter via the official channel. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody that listens that wants to join, by all means, there is no prize, there is no kind of money or stake. It's just bit of fun you can keep a track of how everyone's doing um and it'll be a, a, an easier way for us to kind of see who's on the money and who's doesn't know ball you win bragging rights basically mm-hmm. if you win then you get to see you are the greatest nfl analyst of all time that's bragging rights right there well you do if you can predict all the winners there you go and what do you want so yeah excellent we're going to be doing our picks uh, but we're going to start off with the game tomorrow night which is the kansas city chiefs reigning super bowl champions opening up against the detroit lions and some news right off the bat is that all pro tight end travis kelsey 
had suffered a hyperextension of his knee in training and is doubtful for opening day. That's a big loss to the Chiefs. It really is. Um, Dave, we shall put it to you first. The Chiefs versus the Lions. What are you looking for in this game season opener for 2023? I'm looking for points. I think there's going to be points. Uh, And I am actually taking the Detroit Lions to win it. I'm I'm going to take them in a very closely fought game, though. I'm going to take them to win. And do, do you want to know what the score is? I do now. 34 points to 33. I mean, wow. The shock. That shock to open the league. That is a shock. I was not expecting that at all. Um, despite the fact that Travis Kelsey may or may not play, as I say, doubtful, so probably won't i don't think they want to sort of take him back too early from that unless they might suit him up and if they don't need him just leave him on the sidelines that's good ian rapaport the chiefs are listing star tight end travis kelsey knee as questionable versus the lions so he's got a chance and i was watching network earlier and rapaport said if it's not looking good they'll put him out as doubtful and he probably won't play if it's looking okay, it'll probably be listed as questionable. So there is a chancy place. Nice. Breaking news as well. Nick Bosa has agreed to a five-year, $170 million extension with the San Francisco 49ers, which includes $122.5 million guaranteed. Yeah. So That's the highest-paid defensive player in history. That's a lot of money. Oh, no, Rap Sheet just put out the 49ers All-Pro Edge. Joey Bosa have agreed deals. Oh, Rap Sheet. That's, <laughs> you can't be doing what? that, son. He said Wrong Joey Bosa. Bosa. He said Joey with a picture of Nick. You can't be doing that. Oh. You're getting shown up by Adam Schefter. I can't live in this world where you're getting shown up by Adam Schefter. Uh, that's, that's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> oh, hang on. He's, he's changed it. Fortnite is all pro edge. Oh, Nick he? Bosa. There we go. That's fine. Well, the damage is done. The damage is done. Replies, I guarantee it. it's all just it's all just screenshotted. Going to be Joey. Joey, you said Joey. Whoa, whoa. He, oh, he's ruined my it. Word. What a deal! I might have to change one of my picks. Spoiler alert! Because I was counting on Nick Bosa not playing. That changes things. Yeah, I told you he was going to sign. Oh yeah, somebody screenshotted it. Fortnite is all pro edge Joey Bosa. Yeah, of course I'm a screenshot of it. My goodness. Joey, Joey, Joey. Everyone's saying that. Um, I might as well. People on Twitter. My ex. Are they able to screenshot every single tweet? I think before they even Mm -hmm. read it. And then wait and see, oh, did somebody make a mistake in that one? They've they've got to be doing that. Anyway, so there you go. So, So Bosa got paid. He got paid. Massively. Uh, So while all this was going on, the Bulls have been paid. Kelsey is now questionable. Questionable. Which is better than doubtful. Um, I'm still taking the Chiefs to win. And you know what? I've got them winning big. I do. Um, I think it's going to take the Lions a couple of games to get going. I think the Chiefs are going to start absolutely flying right off the bat like they do every single year. And I've got them winning this one by a score of 35 to 17. Big win for the Chiefs in my book. Jake? Well, the over-under is sat at 54.5, so people are expecting points. 
The Chiefs are, as of my last check, six and a half point favourites. I have them just covering. How about the Chiefs winning 34 to 27? There we go. And that is the week one um, Thursday night kickoff game. Now, obviously, we've got more games to go through, gentlemen, because it's the 2023 season. It has arrived. So here comes our rapid, rapid, rapid fire. 2023 week one preview i need to put some music in there or something i'm not sure so we're starting off with the carolina panthers at the atlanta falcons and i'm taking the falcons at home in a close win 18 points to 17 jake falcons 24 to 6 not even competitive dave 27 to 10 to the falcons we're all taking the Falcons cl- the clean sweep yeah. here. We then have the um, Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Cleveland Browns. I've got the Bengals going in and coming out with a victory in fairly convincing fashion. I've got them winning this one by a score of 27 to 19. So Jake? I'll hopefully be right on this one. Bengals 24 to 17. I look forward to the Browns being 0-1. Dave? <laughs> Bengals to get a field goal in the last minute to secure it against the Browns to win by 17 points to 14. We then have the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts, and I've got this one being an absolute blowout. Sorry, Anthony Richardson. I think you might be Offensive Rookie of the Year, but you're getting cooked in this one. Got the Jaguars winning by 41 to 20. Jake. 28-13, Jaguars. Dave. 30 points to 9 to the Jaguars. Oh, 30 points to 9. They are getting smoked. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers then go to visit the Vikings. And I'm taking the Vikings at home in this one. And they're going to handle this one fairly handily. I'm not sure how this Tampa Bay uh, offense is going to look uh, with Baker Mayfield under center. And I've got the Vikings winning this one fairly comfy, as I say. But it's going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be 17-6 to to the Vikings. Jake. I've predicted two NFC South teams to be annihilated. Uh, first, the Panthers, now the Bucks. 35 to 10 to the Vikings. Dave? I think my, uh, my prediction is going to make Jake's look like a bit of a diet because I think the Vikings are going to just absolutely annihilate the Bucks. I've got them winning by 45 points to 7. Ooh. We then have the Tennessee Titans at the New Orleans Saints. I'm doing it, Jake. I'm taking your Saints at home, opening day, and I've got them winning this one in a very close game. Uh, last second or last minute field goal to win it 23-20 to against Tennessee. I've got a nail-biter as well. I've got the Saints winning, no surprise, but I've got 21-20. to Ooh, Dave? Very similar. I've got 20 points to 14 for the Saints, but I think that the Titans will push them and the Saints might make some of the mistakes, but they'll come away with the win. We then have the San Francisco 49ers travelling to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Bit of a defensive battle in this one, but I've actually got the 49ers sneaking a win here. This one with a score of 19-17 to over the Steelers. Jake? I had the Steelers winning 20-17. to Nick Bosa starting hurts me a little bit, but uh, I'll stick with the Steelers. There we go. Well, it's a battle. I mean, it's TJ Watt against... Uh, I was going to say Joey. I was going to say Joey. Ah. Against Nick Bosa. <laughs> You had me for a second. Um, it, it is, but kind of, I, I think that just the 49ers offense is a slight advantage. Hey, Dave? I am going to take the Steelers in overtime. I'm going to say that it's going to be 17-17 at full time with the Steelers taking a field goal late in overtime. Same score as me. Let's go. 
Yeah. 20 points, 17. We then have the Houston Texans traveling to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. And I'm sorry, Texans fans, but I've got the Ravens absolutely crushing you in this one by a score of 42 to 16. Jake. Ravens are 10 and a half point favorites. I'm higher on the Texans than most. I've got the Ravens winning 17 to 16. Oh, Dave. Very similar, actually. I've I've got the Ravens winning by twenty points to fourteen. I think the Texans will still run them close. So yeah, let's see what see what the one of our new rookie quarterbacks have has to offer. We then have the Arizona Cardinals traveling to take on the Washington Commanders. Arizona, they're not tanking, but it's going to look like they are. The Commanders are going to win this one by thirty eight to six. Twenty four to nothing. I'm predicting a shutout. Dave? I just, I don't even know what to say. Um, uh, I mean, I've got 27 points to six as well, but it, it's it's just, it's a, it could be anything. It could be six all, it could be uh, 52 to nil, but the Cardinals are just a joke at this point. So yeah, let's come on the commanders. We then have an NFC North matchup with the Green Bay Packers traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears. I'm taking the Bears. They haven't beaten the Packers in a long, long time, but they're going to do it this time, and it's going to be a last-second drive and field goal, 16-13 to to the Chicago Bears over the Packers. Jake? Bears are one-and-a-half-point favourites. I'm going to believe in the succession plan at Green Bay. Packers win 17-14. to Dave? I'm going to go out on a limb. I think the Bears win it with a field goal to finish the game. And they're going to win by 23 points to 20. We then have the Las Vegas Raiders travelling to Denver to take on the Broncos in mile high. And I've got the Broncos winning this one fairly comfortably, 77 to nothing. Jake. (laughs) I've got the Broncos winning 30 to 27. Much closer game than you. (laughs) Well, last year... Uh, opening day against the Seahawks, I predicted 77 to nothing to, for the Broncos. And it didn't work out. But this year, I'm, I'm sure I've got it right. Dave, what do you got for us? Uh, yeah, you know, it's a similar kind of uh, points, obviously. Uh, so I've, I've actually got the Broncos winning this by 14 points to 13. That was, yeah, similar. Similar. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah like, but the like seven little part, little. yeah, the seven part was quite similar. But, you know, the, the, we don't need to talk about the rest. Okay. We then have the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to New England to take on the Patriots. Uh, I think the Patriots come away with a win here. I think they beat the Eagles at home. The reigning NFC champions will lose to New England. Very low score, 16-14 to 14 to the Patriots. Jake. I thought I was being nice by saying the Patriots will run it close and the Eagles win 19-13, to 13, but that's, that's a bold prediction. you got to be bold. Dave. 30 points to 20 I've got for the Eagles. I just don't see the e- the Patriots touching them, really. I think the Patri- the Eagles are just too strong. So, yeah, Eagles. Uh, we then have Miami Dolphins going to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. And this is the first overtime game that I've got predicted in this one, but it's going to be a monster scoring game. I've got the Dolphins winning this one finally by a score of 41-38 in overtime against the Chargers. Jake. Chargers are favourites. There is no such thing as a home advantage to the Chargers. I will be giving this to the Dolphins, 27-24. Dave? Well, I think that the Dolphins are just going to be a little bit too strong. Uh, so I, I'm going with the Dolphins here. And it's, it is going to be close, but I'm still giving it a give it to them. It's going to be 27-21. 
We then have your Los Angeles Rams, Dave, travelling to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. And I've got the Rams coming out with a win here. I know you like to hear that. Um, in another very close one, I've got the Rams winning this one, 19-17 against Seattle. Jake? Yeah, these, these picks, I'm loving them. I've got the Seahawks winning 28-16. Oh, Dave? Well, unlike your Broncos scoreline, I'm not going to say there's going to be 77 points in the game. So I'm going to say that it's going to be a Rams win, but I think they're going to win by 74 points to nil. <laughs> I feel like some of us aren't taking this seriously. <laughs> we then have the Dallas Cowboys at New York Giants. And I'm going to be honest, guys, I was torn. I was tempted to put this one as a tie, but I've got the Cowboys winning this one um, in a, a fairly medium to low scoring affair. I've got them winning it 24 to 19. Cowboys. Jake. It's been 2,442 days since the Giants beat Dasco, uh, Dak Prescott. I'm going the Cowboys 25-20. Dave? Very, very similar. Uh, I mean, I'm go- going for uh, 24 points to 20 for the Cowboys. I, 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 Like you said earlier, I don't believe in Dak, but I don't believe in Daniel Jones even less than Dak, so I'm going to take the Cowboys to win this narrowly. And we round it out with the Monday night game, the Buffalo Bills at the New York Jets. Now, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling deep down in my gut that the Jets are going to be good this year. But I'm hoping beyond hope. Um, and I want the Buffalo Bills to absolutely cream them. Uh, but I don't think they will. It's going to be a close one. I've got the Bills winning, though, in New York. I've got them winning by a score of 27-21. Jake. Ironically, the Bills aren't playing in New York because they're playing at the Jets, so it's New Jersey. <laughs> if the Bills are home, it would be New York. Um, on September 11th, Monday Night Football, first game of the season for the, the Hard Knocks Jets. I think this is going to be absolutely sensational. I have the Bills just winning 27 to 26. Dave, final so one for you. Close as well. Yeah, the, the, I've, got, I've actually got the Jets causing an upset here. Um, but I'm going to say it's going to be 21-20, so I think it's still going to be close. To the Jets? Yes, to the Jets. There we go. Gentlemen, that wraps up our rapid-fire week one preview. Everyone just has to remember and put them into the pick so that they match. Yes. No no going back now. No, no never yeah, going you, back. You can still go back. We'll, we'll reevaluate next week's show that the results... <laughs> Yeah, so um, get get your pickums in. Um, uh, as Jake already mentioned, anyone who wants to to join is more than welcome to do so. Uh, you can find the link on Twitter there. I'll get that posted from the Winifel Show account. Uh, I keep saying Twitter. I'm going to call it Twitter always until you know five years from now, and I go, oh yeah, X. That's right. I'm still going to call it Twitter. So apologies in advance. The same way I still say the San Diego Chargers sometimes before Jake has a pop at me for it. And the Washington Redacted. And the Washington Redacted. You know, it's, it's going to happen sometimes. Uh, so apologies. I do apologize for that. Uh, anyway, so that, that was that done. Gentlemen, do we have anything else left to cover? Before Random stats. Oh my goodness. Maybe. I nearly forgot How could you it. forget the long-standing segment? The, I did. The feature of this podcast. The longest. going to leave us without it. The, the one segment that we've done every single week. Random stats. Random stats. Um, who would like to go yeah. first for random stats? Do you want me to go first? You go first, yeah. Yeah, I'll go first. I'll go first. Alrighty. My random stats. 
concerns touchdowns. Pretty good, considering we're talking about the NFL here. But it's to do with people who've led the league in touchdowns. Now, in 2015, Doug Baldwin of the Seattle Seahawks led the league with 14 touchdowns. Now, he was tied that year with three other players. Devontae Freeman of um, the Atlanta Falcons. Brandon Marshall of the New York Jets. He keeps popping up, Brandon Marshall. And Alan Robinson of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So in 2015, four players were tied for the league lead with 14 touchdowns. But that's not what the random stat is. The actual random stat is that is the lowest amount of touchdowns to lead the league. And I mean, like, so like 14 is the lowest to lead the league in a non-strike season since 1976 when Franco Harris scored 14 for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And that is my random stat. Can't see that being broken anytime soon, really. Extra games, more offense. That's, that could be a long standing record. Yeah, I mean, uh, last year Eckler had 18, and the year before that, Eckler again with 20. Jonathan Taylor had 20. You've had 21. Alvin Kamara, you've had guys, 20 gets broken all the time. But that 2015 season with four guys all leading the league with 14 touchdowns is the fewest. And you've got to go, I, I mean, I'm saying non-strike seasons because in 1982, Marcus Allen had 14 touchdowns, but I think he only played in like five games or something ridiculous like that. <laughs> I think it was only, it was a 12, 12 games they played in 1982, I think, um, or, or 10 games, and he scored 14 yeah. touchdowns that year. Uh, the other strike shortened season, of course, was the 1987 uh, one, but that's when Jerry Rice scored 23 touchdowns in 12 games is still uh, insane. Uh, so yeah, you've got to go all the way back to 1970, um, 1976. Or, oh, actually, do you know what? I said it was Franco Harris. It was, but he was also tied with uh, Chuck Foreman of the Minnesota Vikings for 14 that year. So apologies to any Vikings fans. Chuck Foreman and Franco Harris were actually tied for 14 1976. So yeah, you're right. I, I don't think that's... I, don't, I can't see anyone scoring... 13 touchdowns and leading the league anytime soon. It's just, uh, it's not going to happen, is it? I'm very no. unlikely. No. 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 Um, who would like to go next? Uh, Dave, why don't I you have, give uh, us your, your random yeah. stat? Mine's quite short and sweet this week uh, because I'm going to focus on one player. Now, uh, I was having a look at the list of career interceptions by current active NFL players. Now, of the, yeah, there's a kind of t uh, consensus about the top 12. And, you know, some of these players, they're, they're well-known. Harrison Smith is joint top uh, of the Vikings with 34 career interceptions. And I think you know, that's a very undervalued... He's a, he, I think he's still... He's one of the best defensive backs, in my opinion, especially, you know, at safety. And he shares that with Patrick Peterson. Uh, so they are both in 34. But the, in, that, in that top list... There is one player that's currently a free agent, and who who was who got injured last year, and he's he's been cleared to return um, to the NFL and to football action. And I I personally quite like my own team to um, go and get him basically, but I just want to highlight some of his um, 
some of his achievements. He's a two-time uh, All-Pro. He's a two-time Pro Bowler. And he was also the NFL interception leader in 2017. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was drafted in the second round uh, by the Green Bay Packers. And I am talking about Casey Hayward. Now, he has 25 career interceptions. And he's 33 years old. Now, we've spoken about, uh, like, the majority of the show has been about, you know, uh, we've got the rookies of the year, we've got the young, you know, players that are in their second or third year, fourth year, with, like, J- Justin Jefferson, Brees Hall, we've had things about him, but we haven't spoken about the experience. Now, 33-year-old uh, Casey Hayward is, in my opinion, a- another undervalued player because he's consistently churned out Great numbers at, at, uh, at the, uh, in the defensive back. So my opinion is that defensive backs, once they hit the thir- their 30s, immediately become undervalued. And I think that it's, you know, some, some, of his, some of his career highlights or some of his stats, right? So he's got 448 career tackles in the NFL. He's got 112 pass deflections, 25 interceptions, two forced fumbles four fumble recoveries, and three defensive touchdowns. Now, he's available, I was going to say on a free transfer since we're still in the world of soccer, but I th- I, that's not it. So he's, a free, he's a free agent in the NFL, two Pro Bowls, two All-Pros uh, all in 2016-2017, and he, was, he also led the league interceptions in 2016. These guys are not bad. We saw with the Rams uh, when they went to the Super Bowl, who did they sign at defensive back just for a couple of games? Do you remember? No, it was a safety. Was it not the one that uh, Mark Barron? Mark Barron? No, was it not? What? Was it not Weddle? Eric Weddle. Yes, ah. we signed him for like a couple games and played him in the Super Bowl, and he got a ring out of it. So that yeah, but the thing is, though, we went for experience and like kind of play now, win now. Casey Hayward would fit into any team, and he, he's been cleared to return. He had a bad, I think it was a pectoral injury for the Falcons. Maybe Jake can tell me if he was part of the Falcons last year. I um, so. Yeah, but he was um, he, he he was out for a long for quite a while with an injury. But these guys, I'm really annoyed that what you know once they hit thirty. The kind of value decreases. Look at Bobby Wagner. He was still one of the best linebackers when the Seahawks didn't re-sign him. So, I mean, yeah, experience is very undervalued. Casey Hayward, someone find him a team to continue his kind of 25 interceptions uh, in his careers and get that number up. So that's my random stat. Basically, the career of Casey Hayward in about 60 seconds. That took about 10 million seconds but there you go come on someone sign him um i mean i i know what you mean we talk about uh defensive backs when they hit their 30s they do so are, are sort of considered to be going downhill they're on the downward slope when they hit there mm-hmm. but you've got guys who play well into their 30s at a very high level particularly when you have like some cornerbacks who then move to safety because yes. you've got uh, uh, you know, especially if you're a deep safety, you've got more of a head start. You uh, have got better vision of the field. You've been doing it for 15 years, so you know what's happening. 
you might not have the the reaction time that you used to or the street line speed that you used to but you don't necessarily need it i mean you look at I, I hate to go on about my Broncos, but Kareem Jackson is 30, what is he now, 34, 35? About that. Yeah, yeah he's at least, so. I'm sure he's 34, uh, maybe maybe even 35. And he's going to be starting again, starting safety for the Denver Broncos, because he's got years of experience and he can still defend the run. And when you've got particularly some of these defensive backs are hard-hitting safeties and some of these cornerbacks have gone through their whole career you know and not being allowed to touch wide receivers and then they get moved to safety and go i'm gonna punish someone so they're going to stuff the run um and they, they don't necessarily they can they can play into their 30s it's it's just really difficult when you do lose a step to play against you know one-on-one with you know tidy kill you know mm-hmm. it's it's that's difficult when you're absolutely in your prime Never mind when you've lost half a step of speed. It's, it's nigh on impossible. So moving these guys to safeties, and um, when you've got someone who's uh, certainly got the credentials, when he's got the credentials then, uh, then and, and the experience, I, I can't see why a team wouldn't pick him up. And even if it was just to play him like a nickel packages or have, have him as a third safety, uh, just you know a deep cover man, use him for, for long-distance downs and stuff like that, absolutely. But I think just one other person who I think will do that maybe in about two years, watch out for Justin Simmons doing that. Justin Simmons is currently sat in the top 10 for interceptions of currently active NFL DBs with 27. Now, he was drafted by the Broncos. He's only 29, mm-hmm. but he's got 27 interceptions. He was, He's not the quickest quarterback, but he's not slow by any stretch well, of the imagination. I mean, technically, he's a free safety. Um, although he does cover, he certainly covers tight ends a lot in, in man yeah. coverage. Uh, but I don't know how much that was to do with the schemes that uh, Fangio was running, for example. Mm, um, but he, he, I think with Simmons, he'll do less man coverage and more zone as he, you know, because he, he's a ball hawk as well. And you've got to play, even though players of that caliber and that intelligence might lose a bit of speed. You, you can't just discard them because they're not as fast as they used to be because they've got so much to offer. Um, it's slightly different with Simmons because he is he is a safety, um, mm-hmm. but he or does even, even if it, I I don't I, I would expect him to play less in the kind of uh, you know covering the slot guys or uh, if he do, if he does come in at all maybe expect him maybe around the linebackers even. But yeah, he does. He's, he does a lot I, I think, of covering, um, especially does a lot of man for a safety. He does an awful lot of man coverage. I can, uh, yeah, I can see I why that, you would you would actually think he's a cornerback because he's mm-hmm. so often there I, breaking up passes. Yeah, absolutely. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's my random stat. Just a bit, pretty much putting the case forward for Casey Hayward. Quite right. Quite right. Uh, Jake, what's your what's your random stat, mate? My random stat is that there are five teams without an MVP. Some surprising, some not so surprising. I'll tell you the not surprising ones: the Texans and the Cardinals never had an MVP. The Jaguars have never had an MVP. I'm obviously predicting that changes this year. The Saints and the Buccaneers have never had an MVP. You think of the Saints and the Buccaneers of the last decade, how has that happened? Well, um, Drew Brees never got an MVP. Cam Newton and Matt Ryan did. Tom Brady obviously didn't get an MVP in his Buccaneers years. 
Um, so that, that, those two kind of surprised me. Well, it didn't surprise me. I knew the Saints because for, for long enough that was what irked us the most. You know, couldn't get back to the Super Bowl and somehow Drew Brees, despite being a top three, top five quarterback every single year, never got MVP because he was never... But, you know, every time he had a an outstanding year, there was a Patrick Mahomes or an Aaron Rodgers having a slightly better year or a Lamar Jackson. You're like, just just give it to him, please. Just, just give it him. I mean, the guy has more 5,000-yard seasons than anybody. No MVP. I mean, this, on the list here, Eagles haven't had one since Norm Van Brocklin, 1960. That's the, the old, like, longest run of a team that has had one. The Jets haven't had one since Joe Namath, 1968. These ones can all kind of be broken this year. The Bears haven't had one since Walt Payton, and Justin Fields is an outside shot because of kind of the, the talent he has. So there's, there's been teams that have never had an MVP, and there's been teams that haven't had an MVP in an awful long time. Um, but I'm certainly looking forward to this year. I don't foresee a Cardinal, a Texan, a Saint, or a Buccaneer getting an MVP. If I have a, predicted a Jaguar. If a Cardinal comes out, <laughs> and explodes. If Clayton Toon wins MVP. Clayton Toon <laughs> looks like Norm Van Brocklin, right? Yeah, Throw for 550 <laughs> yards a game and the Cardinals, you know, go 14-3 and three and tie up the first seed, then, then he will win MVP. It, but I'm with you, Geek. I don't think it's likely. Don't think it's likely. Um, it's got, they're not tanking. I think I th- no, I th- I think there's more chance of Tom Brady coming back, joining Arizona, and winning MVP. You keep mentioning this, Steve. I don't <laughs> like the fact that you keep mentioning the possibility. I'll mention that man. It's just I, I just he seems to pop up, be popping up in a lot of places recently. I'm as long just as thinking, he doesn't pop up on a field. Yeah, I don't I don't care if Tom if Tom Brady wants to 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 go into the the booth uh, with that with that what was that deal that it signed what was it again was it cbs no who was it i forget uh and they were talking about getting tom brady in and then they were gonna have to jettison some other player greg olson make, uh, greg olson yeah, he's, greg he's olson, fantastic yeah. greg olson's amazing um you know to make way for him and that's just wrong but it, but if you know if he wants to do broadcasting fine if he wants to to do coaching fine if you want to be a part owner in a team Raiders was it fine mm-hmm. fine just don't, don't stay away from the field stay away from the field because I, I I I don't know if you guys know this I don't particularly like Tom Brady <laughs> she hired it well and <laughs> I, I never have and I never will okay it's it's not a personal thing uh, I just can't stand the man Right. I've never, I've never personal. met him. He's not personal, but I hate him. It's, uh, and I, everything I, he stands for. Ev- everything he stands for, I, I despise. <laughs> um, but I, it's not a personal thing. I've never met him. You know, he, he's never scratched my car or anything like that. But I just there's something about him. Like I'm, I'm talking about from like 2001 or whenever it was when he first came in. I didn't like him. Didn't like him then. Don't like him now. 22 years later. Still don't like him. If he turns up in a field, I will not be happy. Uh, you know, because obviously this is my current jovial self that you get week in and week out. Just, I've got this image in my head of Tom Brady coming off the ferry into Stornoway with a sole purpose of just walking by your car at Tesco you know. and just keying it 
it's like you that's, just you, that kind, that would be his accomplishment. That's the kind of thing he would do. Tell if you. I was a multi-millionaire with the amount of money he had, and I just stumbled upon our podcast. That is the kind of thing I would do just to prove, <laughs> uh, just to flex. Right? Tom, I, I just it, literally. If Tom, I was a multi-millionaire, I wouldn't be taking the ferry. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> You'd be buying a ferry just. <laughs> so here's here's one. This is going to Tom. If you're listening, right? If I find a scratch in my car, I know who it was. Just seeing, preempting it. And you go. You know what? You know what Dave's going to do now, Jake. He's going to like his car. <laughs> He's going to write ha ha yeah, no. from Tom on like on the door of my car or the ski or something. TB12. TB12. Or some avocado ice cream on the, on the front. <laughs> Just to make sure. It was definitely him, officer. <laughs> not a policeman. What are you talking about? Clearly, avocado Who ice cream. Avocado <laughs> ice cream. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. But, but to bring it back to the, the random stat, uh, oh, yeah. the Rams haven't had one since Kurt Warner in 2001. And the Broncos, obviously Peyton Manning's 2013 career. So at least you guys have witnessed an MVP. That's true. That's true. I, I listen, Jake. I'm I'm 100 with you on the Drew Brees thing. He, why he never got one, I don't know. Maybe he's got pictures of the commissioner's wife or something. I, I don't know. Well, no. If he did, he would he would get an MVP, surely. If I if I had a million guesses, that's not where I thought you were going with that. So we're you you, ex- you explained to me why Drew Brees, a man who has had like five five thousand yard passing seasons, didn't get one MVP purely by chance. I think probably just uh, each year there was one that was in the media spotlight, and it was it was award by media rather than achievements and what what he it, was able to but, do. Yeah, but it's 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 not supposed to be a popularity contest. It's supposed to be who's the most valuable player. And, you know, what do they mean to their team? And my goodness, what did Drew Brees mean to the Saints? Just like. Uh, Let's check on the Saints since Drew Brees left. Oh, a car wreck. Well, exactly. Exactly. It was like, you know, I've maintained this for for years and years. When when Peyton Manning got uh, injured and he had to miss the entire 2011 season. With the, the with the Colts, they went from a, a twelve win team to a two win team. One player, that is a valuable. He should have won MVP that year because it showed how valuable he was, and he wasn't playing. Uh, you know, you're thinking, come on, that's absolutely ridiculous. What one player does, and if Drew Brees in his in his heyday, Jake, I'm sure you will agree. I don't, I don't even know who his backup was back through, you know, 2008. Don't think he knew who his backup was. He didn't need to. Yeah, 2008, 2009, 2010. Possibly. I'll I'll, I'll take your word for it. Take your word for it, because I do not know. But I guarantee if Drew Brees had gone down, injured, and missed an entire year, those Saints teams that were winning, I mean, Sean Payton averaged, what, like 10, 11 wins a year. With, with Drew Brees as quarterback. It, average. Well, he average. finished runner-up four times. So he was just always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Well, then he almost won in 2006. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Peyton sorry, Manning sorry, won in 2009. Ladanian Tomlinson. All oh, right, okay. That was his 31 touchdown season, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So that was, that was 2006. So we, it's just every year that Brees had an amazing year, someone else had a slightly better one. Peyton Manning, 2009. 
obviously Breeze beat him in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP. But Peyton Manning over the season got the, the MVP. Uh, 2011, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's through for 5,476 yards and didn't win it. Um, yeah, like he literally, that, Patrick, that was the year he broke the record. Mm-hmm. Yep, broke Dan Marino's record, didn't win the MVP. And then 2018, Patrick Mahomes stole it from him. So four times he was the runner-up. That was Mahomes' 50 burger year, 2018, with mm-hmm. 50 touchdowns. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, yeah, I can sort of see where, you, where you're coming from, the reasons that he didn't win. But he, he Always should, the bridesmaid, never the bride. He should have won it the, the, the record-breaking year, the, the 5,400. Doug, Doug Horror also thinks he should have won it over Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he should have done. So just see. No, I agree. Yeah. I, even I agree. You know, I'm not saying getting Rodgers had a bad year. Clearly, he didn't. He had a very good year, but that's just that's just not good enough. Poor Drew Brees. Oh, oh Drew Brees. Yeah, poor Drew Brees. Except, well, he's not poor. I mean, worth quite <laughs> a lot. Money. He's doing all right for himself. Doing all right for himself. But I like Drew. I like Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. I like Drew Brees. I do. Always have done. Great player. Fantastic player. Um, walk into the Hall of Fame. No questions asked. Better not be any questions asked. <laughs> See. Very annoyed if his questions asked. Anyway, uh, yeah, so there you go. That was uh, MVPs, eh? Good random stat, Jake. Enjoyed that. Plenty, yeah. plenty of food for food for thought there. Plenty of talking points without tangenting too much. Did, did a wee bit, so I apologize for that. So there we are, gentlemen. That was random stats. Was there anything else? Has anything else happened? on the X-verse since we've been talking that we need to keep up on. I hope not. We're losing, we're losing function. I'm losing battery percent. Oh. We're, we're, this is going to be a long, long podcast. It is. Uh, in but that, it's week one. It, it is. It is. Uh, in that case, gentlemen, we oh, made it. There was, there was one. There was <laughs> quick, one. Quick. It looks like Josh Dobbs is going to be starting for the Cardinals. Josh Dobbs for the Cardinals. There we go. You heard it here first, unless you okay. saw it somewhere else. Looking for Caleb. Yeah. <laughs> They're not tanking. They're not tanking. They're looking for Caleb. <laughs> Gentlemen, pleasure to have you as always. Jake, I'll say goodbye to you first in case your battery dies. Uh, thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs> Dave. Until next week. Till next week. Dave, thank you very much. See you next week. Uh, and to everyone, uh, thank you for sticking with us through this off-season. It's been absolutely horrendous. Here we go, week one of the 2023 season. We'll catch you on next week's edition of the WinFL Show.